My name is Kevin Johnson, and I am the community pastor at Woodland Hills Church. It is my delight to welcome you to our services this morning. Last week, I began, well, it's just a two-week series. I suppose you can call two weeks a series. Talking about hearing from God, uh, it's a series entitled Kingdom Ears, Hearing God for a Change. And last week, we asked a question that was huge. It's like one of the big questions for those who find ourselves on this planet as a creation of God. And it is this. Does He still speak to you and me? That is a huge question. Does the divine creator of the universe speak to the individual human beings that He creates? And our answer is yes, a resounding yes. And he does so not just exceptionally like when we really need him and and are in a crisis mode. He wants to speak to us all the time. Why? Well, we explored it last week because it's in his very nature to do so. The heart of God is to lead His people and to be in relationship with us. And there can be no relationship if there's no communication. So yes, God speaks. And then we also talked about how we position ourselves to hear from God with our spiritual ears is critical. And that the right posture to have if we are going to interact with and hear from God with any sort of regularity, we need to take the posture of Jesus Christ. Who while He walked this earth, aligned Himself with the Father in a way that enabled Him to hear regularly. And that alignment looked like this. We talked about submission and servanthood. Where what matters to God is what matters to me and you. And and we're willing to just give our lives away in service like Jesus did. That alignment issue pertaining to hearing from God is absolutely critical. Last week I showed you a little clip from the Bruce Almighty movie uh, where he was kind of wrestling with God and challenging Him for not taking good care of his life after all the mess he himself had made. Well, later in the movie he does a much better job of at least briefly coming into that alignment that I am saying is so critical to having great conversation with the Father. And I've got that clip for you here. While you're watching this clip, he refers to grace. Uh, He's not speaking of the theological term, but he's speaking about the girl that he lost earlier in the movie because he was such a turkey. So anyway, go ahead and roll the tape. You have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know, I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. What do you want me to do? I want you to pray, son. Go ahead. Use them. Um, Lord, feed the hungry. And bring peace to all of mankind. 
How's that? Great. If you want to be Miss America. Now, <laughs> oh, come on. What do you really care about? You want it back? No. I want her to be happy. No matter what that means, I want her to find someone who will treat her with all the love she deserved from me. He was really able in this characterization to communicate with God when he was finally, at least for a moment, aligned with God and could see this girl he prayed for grace through the Father's eyes. That's kind of what I'm talking about. If, if if what I, anything I say today is going to make sense or land with you at all, it'll only do that if our prior goal is to align ourselves with the Father so that what is important to Him is what matters most to you. And, and we're in that posture of just giving our life away. Okay, so with that as a backdrop, um, how do we recognize God's voice? That's really the question I want to ask today. With all that that we did last week and the little review we did just now, how do we recognize God's voice? There's three parts I want to do in, in the time that we have together today. I want to talk about recognizing God's voice by clearing away the clutter... We've got to do that if we're going to hear from God. And then we'll look at, after we talk about how to do that, we'll talk about how God speaks. What is it, how does it actually work that God speaks to you and I regularly, frequently? What, what does it look like? And then the third thing we'll do is take a look at how we confirm that it actually is His voice. How we can test it and begin to learn, oh yeah, this is me, oh no, this is the Lord, and that sort of thing. Alright, that's a lot to cover in the next little while, so let's plunge right in. But before we do, I want to inspire you with these words from John chapter 10, the very words of Jesus when he wrote, the or he said, the shepherd of the sheep calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. He goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and they know me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Let's pray. Father God, we are here and we have worshipped you and we long to meet with you and we ask this morning for the following. We ask to see through your eyes how you long to communicate with each one of us. 
Help us just get our souls around the miracle of that. And then, Lord, help us learn to tune our spiritual ears to that voice. That we might have kingdom ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the first thing we've got to talk about if we're going to recognize the voice of God is clearing away the clutter. This first section is going to be the shortest, and that's because it's the most obvious. But it needs to be said. If we are going to hear from God, we've got to listen. But our lives are filled with so much noise and clutter that it's hard to do. So I have learned that I need to go to great lengths to ensure I get the quiet I need to hear from God. I've got some little tricks that work for me. You've got to figure out what works for you. I asked our video production team to kind of follow me along on a day this week and see just, so that I could show you just what I mean about what really works for me for clearing away the clutter. And I'm going to ask the guys to roll that tape now. All right, now everybody's got to have their own little sanctuary. And for me, it's my beater truck. It's such a clunk, no one will get in there with me. So when I'm in this beast, it's just me and Jesus. Hello, Jim. Yeah, it's Kevin. What do you mean you can't hear me? Hey, watch it, you half-wit. Okay, hey, I'm wondering if you want to meet for dinner tonight. Okay, so maybe my truck isn't quite the sanctuary I think it is, but when I'm working out at the community center, me and God are tight. I just block everything out, and it's just wonderful. Okay, so I know you're laughing at me, but I really do have a place. Uh, it's, it's my office. With the lights down low, I sneak in, and nobody knows I'm there. This is the spot. No one knows I'm here. Ah. Oh, shoot. I got to answer this email, too. Doggone it, I forgot. Hello? Oh, hi, Charlene. Can you say No, that? we can't talk about Can a raise this afternoon. Hey, Kev, we uh, got some small group leaders here to see no, you. No, it's just not going to... I'm sorry, what did you say? We got some small group leaders here to see you, Kev. Oh, I, 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 I'm sorry. You'll have to talk to me later. I got a small group leader here to see me. So I'm, I, I promise I won't put you off. All right, a little bit of hyperbole, hyperbole there, but not much. And you know what that's called. I can use two words. One is pathetic. And the other one is demonic. I mean, we jam our lives so full. How are we ever going to listen to the Lord? C.S. Lewis has got a great book called The Screwtape Letters. And in this book, the, the whole premise is Screwtape is this senior demonic being who is coaching his nephew, who's kind of a junior demonic being, in this series of letters on how to tempt and woo his charges so that they don't get close to God and that they don't grow in their life as God followers. And, um, and so Screwtape is writing to Wormwood, his nephew, about noisy clutter. And he says this. 
Music and silence. How I detest them both. How thankful we should be that ever since our father, the devil, entered hell, no square inch of infernal space has been surrendered to those abominable forces. But all has been occupied by noise. And we will make the whole universe a noise in the end. The melodies and silences of heaven will be shouted down. Now that's some fairly prophetic writing that ought to cue you and I in about a primary strategy of Satan to keep us from being in relationship, hearing the Father. And we just don't have to let it be that way. We don't have to play his game. We can make a place and a time and make it sacred. And that's what we've got to do. Here's why. If you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19 in the Old Testament. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. But before I do, I can set it up a little bit. Elijah's just had this huge encounter with the prophets of Baal, and God showed up big time, and, and the fire came down from heaven and consumed the altar, and, and yay, all the people on the good side celebrated God showing up. And, and, and then after that, you know what Elijah did? He went into a big depression. And he said, God, I need to hear from you here. And then this is the experience he had. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain, Elijah, in my presence, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Or what other passages call a still, small voice. And that was where the Lord was, in a gentle whisper. People, if we want to hear from God, we have got to clear away the clutter of our lives. All right, now on to the second thing. How does God speak? What can we learn about knowing where to recognize His voice? First thing I want to say is God speaks to different people in different ways. You each have a unique personality and a set of life experiences or life history. And God will use all that in ways to speak to you that works best for you. In Hebrews 1.1 we read this, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. <clears throat> Jacob was more of a rascal, wasn't real cooperative with God. So God met him in the person of an angel and actually wrestled him to the ground. We read in the Old Testament of Balaam who God had to use the mouth of his donkey to speak to him and get his attention. Joseph, he dreamt dreams. Nehemiah, we're going to look at this passage later. Nehemiah heard an inner impression in his heart. That's how it worked for him. So, there's a lot of different ways that God speaks to his people. Because we are all different. 
But there are three expressions of his voice that I want to talk to you about this morning. They are not the only three. They are many more. And I can't cover as many as I would like. But I want to give you three primary ones. Three expressions of God's voice. The first is this. A primary way in which God speaks to those who are following him. Those who would seek to align their lives with him as Jesus did. Hear from God through his word. Right here. Scripture says, in fact, John, the, the writer of the Gospel, John, starts out his book by saying this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus. Why didn't he say in the beginning was Jesus? He's saying something very important here. Why call Jesus the Word? Well, the only purpose for words is to communicate, right? Okay? So it's critical there. The Bible... We call it the Word of God for a reason because it is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It's not just by the text that you find in the page. It's what God is doing in you as you read the text on the page. When I was 18 years old, I, having grown up in a great home, a sweet family, uh, learned to love the Lord at an early age and try and follow Him, but I had some years that yeah, really went poorly for me. And I found myself as a lonely 18-year-old, alienated from everyone who mattered to me, including God. I had this basement bedroom that my dad and I had built. And uh, down there, it was just my little, my little hole. I loved it down there. But I, I had this habit where I couldn't fall asleep unless I read myself to sleep. And one night I found that I had read everything in the house except that Bible that was gathering dust looking real nice there on my nightstand. But being a good church boy, I knew I could find stuff in the Old Testament that was frankly pretty boring and didn't say much about God. I wouldn't get convicted. So I started reading. With kind of one eye cocked to heaven, waiting for him to just lower the boom because that's what I deserved. And instead, even though I was reading these just innocuous stories from the Old Testament, God spoke to me. I didn't hear an audible voice. I'll unpack that for you later. But here's what he said. You just don't get it, Kev. I love you. You know, I'm not going to smash you through your bed springs right now. I'm just wanting to woo you back to me. And he used his word to speak that to me. That is God's speaking. The role of the Holy Spirit who is within those who are following Jesus and naming Him Lord is to help you understand the Word of God. And, and you know how it is. When you're reading, all of a sudden you have an aha. That's God speaking to you. When truth hits home to you like never before in a passage you've maybe read 30 times, you are hearing from God. That's why David says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Now, there are two implications about what I'm saying here regarding the word of God being a primary expression of his voice, how he speaks to you and I. The implications are this. You've got to get into the word. Because if you're not in the Word, you're denying yourself one of the primary voices of God. 
The second implication is this. If you respond well when you hear from God in this way, you will hear more. But the converse is true. If you just go, oh yeah, that was really nice to hear from God. Wow, I'm finally starting to hear from God. But then you don't act on what you hear. You're going to deaden your spiritual ears. And it's going to be that much harder to hear next time around. Okay, the second way in which God speaks to us. A primary expression of His voice is gifted teachers and close friends. God speaks to us through gifted teachers and close friends. In other words, He uses people. When our lives are aligned with Him, when we have a posture that's like Christ, where we're just saying, come on, Lord, I want to follow You really well here, and I am willing to give my life away, He will speak to us through others, and He will do that frequently. I was up here last week. For those of you who weren't here, you may not have... Uh, know that I was up here last week sharing about the heart of God wanting to communicate with us. And I heard from someone this week. She said, I don't even go to your church, but I came anyway. I wasn't quite sure why. But then once I, I heard the message, I knew that God knew I needed to hear about His heart for relationship with me. And she said, God spoke to me through you. Well, I'm blessed. But He does that. He does that. Yeah, I often hear whether it's, it's after I've spoken or it, just when Greg's up here, I'm out in the gathering area and I hear somebody say, you know, that was obviously just for me. I don't know what the other 5,000 people were doing here because that was just for me. That is God speaking. It also works not just through teachers who do this sort of thing, but through close friends who walk with God. Uh, we have several leaders in our small group ministry that get together every other month in a home for an evening of things like worship and listening prayer and seeking God about our covenant group movement at Woodland Hills and how to expand it and, and how to infuse it with the power of God and, and His sense of where we're going. Anyway, after those meetings, we typically, our host goes out about 9 o'clock at night and starts a fire in his backyard in a little fire pit and puts out a bunch of chairs and whoever wants to can stay and almost everybody does and we have a wonderful time. We do kingdom talk and we sit around the fire till I don't know, 11.30 at night. I usually make everyone go home. And one night, a few months ago, we were talking about how faith in the United States, is just, it just seems so easy, and how we would long for God to, to stretch our faith. And we were all talking about what that looked like, except for one guy I was noticing was just very quiet. So I called him the next day, and I said, what gives? You're usually really engaged, and you were just kind of sitting there. And he said, you know what? These were his very words. God spoke to me last night through you guys. I said, what are you talking about? He said, just listening to all your conversation about how you're wanting God to stretch your faith and that He's doing it in this person this way, another person that way. He spoke to me and I said, well, what did He say? 
He said, he told me to change the way I've been doing business for 24 years and I'm supposed to just step out in new ways uh, with faith in God and trust him to provide and that's what I'm going to do. I just got an email from this guy uh, on Friday saying he signed a new lease and re- has redesigned his business and is moving forward all because God spoke to him through people who are close to God. That's how it works. I marvel sometimes at, at you know, I, I, I'm meeting with someone for lunch and we just start having a conversation and then later they'll say to me, you have no idea how God used that. People, it's a primary voice of your father. Gifted teachers and close friends who are walking with God. The implications are this. Number one, get in community. If you want to hear God speak to you, get into redemptive community where your life, your life is rubbing up against those who are walking with God and will walk close to you. And again, the second implication, I'll just repeat from the first one around, is act on what you hear as God begins speaking to you in this way or you're going to stop hearing. Just that simple. Okay, there are many other ways that we can hear from God. He's God. He can speak to us however He wants. But we're talking primary ways. The first is through His Word. A second is through people. And the third is through what we learned about in 1 Kings 19, that gentle whisper. God speaks to us with a still, small voice. What does that look like? The primary way God speaks to us. We could talk about dreams and visions and prophecy, all good things. I wish I could unpack all of that today. But with the time we have left, I want to talk about how he speaks in that still, small voice. It's a very much an inner thing. It's an internal voice. I hear God speak to me, but you know what? If someone were sitting right next to me while I heard God speak, they wouldn't hear an audible voice. So for me, it doesn't work that way. But it almost feels audible, but it's just all internal. It's a still, small voice. When I quiet my spirit and quiet my environment and my life is aligned with the Father's and I say, Lord, Speak, I'm listening. He does. And I want to try to describe for you what that experience is for me and for those who write about it. To do that, I'm going to use three phrases that I've chosen that, that you've got to understand, they aren't sufficient. They aren't the sum. They're just a starting place for you and I to begin to recognize that still small voice. And those three things are this. They're what I call spiritual intuition, ideas, and spiritual impressions. And here's why I'm using words like that. Because I have done this in my younger days and I know some of you still do. You go, oh, Kevin says I need to hear from God. And you go sit in a chair and go... I'm not hearing anything. Am I a bad Christian or what? Come on. What's, what's, what's with this artificial ceiling here, God? Save your migraine headache. 
He's not designing it to work that way, and he certainly doesn't mean it to be such a battle. So, his still small voice can be things like spiritual intuition. It's where you just know something. When I was an eight-year-old kid, I loved Jesus. His spirit was in me. And I was sick one Sunday morning, and so my mom fixed up the couch with a blanket and a pillow and a little glass of 7-Up or whatever and had me lay on the couch and watch TV while while they all went to church. And back in the 60s when I was that age, uh, the only thing on TV on Sunday morning was religious programming, which was kind of fitting since it was Sunday morning. And there was no clicker back in those days, so whatever channel was on was just kind of what was on. And I watched this religious show. And you know what? Something in my spirit said, this is not right. But I watched anyway and just kept, I, I, could, I couldn't unpack the theology of it for you. I was only eight years old. My mom got home and she sat down on the foot of the couch and she said, what'd you watch? And I said, some show, I don't remember the preacher, but he's from some worldwide church, this universal, that. And, and she kind of furrowed her brow and she said, what did you think, Kevin? And I said, I don't know, but it wasn't right. Whatever that guy's saying was not good. Turns out this, this guy was leading a cult. And I couldn't tell you that. I wouldn't know to use those words, but God spoke to me through spiritual intuition and said, that's not right. John Eldridge writes in Waking the Dead of, of a profound experience he had a week before he and his family were all going to fly to Ireland and he was going to teach there for a couple of weeks. He, he didn't hear an audible voice from God. He just had this intuition, this check in his spirit that he ought to change the date of his departing flight. And so, if you've read the book, you know this story. He, cha- he moved it up one day and they all flew out on September 10th. And he writes about this spiritual intuition where something's amiss or, or something is right on where you sense a check in your spirit saying, hey, hold here. Or, hey, turn, turn this way now or go. And that is God speaking. Romans 8.16 calls this the Spirit of God Himself testifying with our spirit. That's how it works. Okay, so there's spiritual intuition. A second aspect to uh, this still small voice is what I call ideas. Oh, I want to turn to Nehemiah for this. I don't have an overhead for you on this one, but oh, I came across this and I got to use it. Nehemiah, he, he and his people, the people of God are in exile, okay? So they're in a foreign land ruled by a foreign ruler. They've all been conquered. There's a little remnant of people back in Jerusalem. But here's, what he, here's the news he hears from there. He says, I was in the citadel of Susa. And Hanani, my, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. Ah, I hear some pages turning. It's Nehemiah 1 and I'm at verse 2 right now. I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. In verse 3, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And then he says, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. 
I just sat myself down and had a good cry. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then some miraculous things happen. He cries out to God and he, he has the courage to approach his king Artaxerxes and say, hey, how about letting me go from the service in your court? I want to go back to Jerusalem and, and kind of like rebuild the city that you uh, destroyed years ago. And, um, and the king says, okay. So now we're in chapter 2, verse 11, and here's, here's what he says. Catch this. It's so cool because it, it just rings to my experience, and it might with yours. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few men. And then he says this. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Nehemiah never had a burning bush experience. Or anything of the sort. But in prayer, he experienced God putting an idea into his heart. And that's how it can work for us. Same thing happened with David when God gave him a picture, if you will, of what this temple that he wanted to build was going to be like. But he couldn't build the temple. Solomon got to do that. And so it says in 1 Chronicles 28, David gave Solomon... All the plans the Spirit had put into his mind. Alright? So it's a way in which God speaks to us. He did it with Nehemiah. He did it with David. He can give us ideas. You, you guys have no idea how much I agonize over these messages on the rare occasions when I'm up here. And sometimes I just have to get quiet before the Lord and say, Help! And it's like he does this spiritual download of ideas. Things I wouldn't think of on my own because... And, and it's never the whole message. It's just... But, but something here and something there that I know is just, just from God because I, I had already spent plenty of time trying to think them up on my own. That is God speaking through ideas. See how it makes sense though if you're aligned with him? And only if you're aligned with him or wanting to be. Okay, uh, we're talking about the still small voice and how it's an internal thing. And we're talking about how God speaks through spiritual intuition and through ideas. And he also speaks through spiritual impressions. It's where you just know something is from God. For me, I practice a lot of listening prayer. And when I do that, I have to pace back and forth. And, and I have a pen and a paper on a table so I can write an idea down that comes to me or an impression or an intuition. And I'm pacing back and forth. I was doing that this week. And God spoke to me. Sometimes it's a really big thing. Sometimes it's little. I'll let you judge which this is. So when I was in prayer this week in our prayer chapel right over here, I was listening and God spoke and he said, well, he spoke about what a selfish, withdrawn chump I can be when I'm in sermon writing mode. Now, selfish, withdrawn chump weren't his words. That was kind of my interpretation. His voice isn't quite like that. But when I, it's true, when I get in, in this mode where I'm preparing to do this, I can just, my world gets about this big right here. It's as big as my own thought and prayer life. And that's not good. And so God was just saying, you know what he was really saying? Here's what he really said. He said, when you go home tonight, be nice. <laughs> and bless your family. Now I knew what he meant was stop being such a selfish, withdrawn chump. 
but his voice was just, be nice. But it came to me in an impression, okay? And I want, and I use that word, even if you hear an audible voice, that's okay. Because I know there are a lot of people in this room today who are going, why don't I hear that audible voice? And I want you to be liberated to know that God is speaking to you in a way you can hear through intuitions, through ideas, through impressions, through thoughts or perceptions or whatever thoughts or whatever words you want to use. He does that. It might be, hey, call your brother. It might be, get up out of bed and pray for so-and-so for the next hour, even though it's three in the morning. Might be, hey, hey, Dad, how about taking your daughter out on a date? Now, the question is, when you start hearing things like that, how do you know whether it's just your own thought or whether it is something divine? How do you know? Okay, so that leads us to the third thing we're going to explore briefly and then we're going to be done. If God speaks through a still, small voice, how do we know it's Him and not our own ideas or a bad taco we had for dinner? How do we confirm the voice of God? Well, there's a few things I want to share. One is, does it square with Scripture? Because if it doesn't, it's not God's voice. A second thing is this. Is it consistent with the character of Jesus Christ? If it's not, it's not God's voice. A third thing is this. Because not everything is going to line up with one or the other two. So a third thing is, check with trusted and godly friends. I know people who've created such havoc in their lives because they wanted to hear this one thing from God so badly that they just assumed they heard it. And it was a sort of thing that didn't necessarily square with or contradict Scripture or uh, wasn't like totally against the grain of who Jesus was. And so they just wanted to leave it right there and they didn't do number three, which was check with trusted godly friends. And they did a crash and burn. However, if your motives are right before the Lord and you're seeking Him and you're trying to live a life in alignment with Him and these three things line up, Nine times out of ten, you're going to be right on and you can just you can move forward on the sense that you're hearing from God. Now, as you learn what the still, small voice means to you, because it may be unique from what I've described, you can learn its distinctiveness, the voice of God, for you if you watch for the following, okay? When you're learning to hear His voice, watch for this. Look for the quality of sound. When I hear from God, however it might be in something big or small, the quality of sound just has a weightiness and an authority to it. There's just, there's this weightiness and an authority that makes me go, yep, that's God. So too, there's a spirit about it. I really didn't hear God call me a chump. He just said, be nice. 
and bless your family when you go home tonight. There was a warmth there, but a firmness. It was clearly from him. We also find that the spirit of hearing from God is not going to be argumentative or condemning. Others do the condemning thing. God doesn't. So there's a quality of sound that you begin to recognize as his voice. There is a spirit that, that is a certain way about it. And then there is, a, there is content that is like this. It is true to God's nature and the whole of Scripture. I always get nervous when people say, you know, I need an answer from God and I turn to my Bible and I point it and this is what I read. Because you might get something like Judas went and hanged himself. <laughs> it's got to be consistent with the whole of Scripture, okay? But you will learn the distinctiveness of your Father's voice as He's speaking to you in that gentle whisper, if you keep these things in mind. All right, there is no greater truth then God wants to be in relationship with you daily. Today, this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow morning. And that means communicating with you. So I hope with what we've said over these two weeks, you will experience kingdom ears hearing God for a change. Know this one thing. He longs to speak with you right now. Will you stand with me as we close in prayer? Holy Spirit, grab us. And don't let us go. Grab us and hold us with the incredible truth that you long to commune with us. Lord, we would seek to align our lives in the ways in which we can best hear. Give us kingdom ears for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.